Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Welcome back to KT's Money Matters. This is KT Thomas, helping you make the most out of your money today and in the future. We've been talking a lot about different things as we kick off 2018, and one of those pieces is how to take advantage of the myriad of tax changes to make sure that you get to keep the most of what you make. Specifically in this show, though, we're going to talk about self-employed people. I don't know about you. I've been self-employed a long time, in fact, more than 25 years, and I've learned a lot over the last 25 years. One is self-employed people pay taxes. I think that's a myth that working class people believe People with jobs believe that people that are self-employed have lots of deductions and don't pay any taxes, but I'm sorry, that's actually not really true. But like everybody else, I want to figure out how to pay less because the more you don't pay, the more you get to keep for yourself. And, you know, I'm a big believer in trying to make the most out of everything that you have. Needless to say, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably feel that way too. So for the self-employed, there were a lot of changes A big component of it was this change in corporate tax reform that was made permanent in this most recent legislation. And why is that important? It's really important because personal tax rules change all the time, but corporate tax reform hasn't been done in this country in many, many years. And as a result, what's happened is a lot of our biggest companies have started keeping and declaring their assets in other parts of the world instead of bringing them back into the United States to get taxed on. So. The change in this allows companies to bring these dollars home and creates a competitive landscape that makes it worthwhile to consider just keeping that money and those profits and resources in their country of domain, meaning the United States. It also helps keep jobs in the United States because it helps keep operations in the U.S. So over time, I think it's a very good thing. But this tax bill isn't just for big companies. There's an awful lot in this bill that benefits smaller size companies all the way down to the mom and pop shop from the, you know, big, big company to the really, really teeny company. And these rules are pretty complicated. So needless to say, I brought us an expert. I brought George Ferullo, CPA. George has been working with me and many of my clients for a number of years. And uh, George, I think you just got back from a tax seminar on this. Absolutely, KT. It was a lengthy seminar, and what we found out is that there's still a lot of unanswered questions. So, as I always express, tread carefully, okay? Don't run out and do something based on what you hear on a news soundbite or what a friend tells you, because these laws are still complex, and they're still trying to be deciphered as we go. You know, George, I know I called you the first week. I read a little something about this sweet 21% tax rate, and I said, Hey, George, how do I get that? And you said, not so fast, KT. Tell them why. Well, here's the deal. Okay, this 21% tax rate applies to C-corporations, okay? Just a little background. C-corporations are corporations that pay their own tax. And again, it all sounds sweet. I have a $100,000 profit in my C-corporation. Well, I pay 21% tax on that. Now I'm left with 79000 How do I get it out of the C-corporation? Well, there's only two ways to do it. We take a dividend or we take payroll. Now we're going to be taxed again personally. Aha, there goes the sweetness of the 21% when you now tack on the personal tax liability to the balance that was in the company. 
So I'm not ready to run out and switch any of my S corporations over to a C corporation. And I think it would be very foolish, okay, to be quite honest with you, for any small business to do that at this point in time. Because there are a lot of benefits to being an S corporation for small businesses. Can you talk about a few of them? Well, now we have this new 20% deduction for pass-through entities. Let me explain what a pass-through entity is, okay? It's basically an entity with that, you know, the net income passes directly down to the individual taxpayer. And under this new uh, regulation, this includes S-corporations, partnerships, single-member LLCs, trusts, and even sole proprietors. So now, you know, you get this additional deduction, or you maybe get this additional deduction, because there are some limitations that are involved with it. What they were trying to do was to make the pass-through entity get the tax savings that they were offering to the C-corporations. So this way, again, you know, every, from what you hear in the news, this was all for big corporations. Not so, because most of these pass-through entities, which make up 95% of my clientele, are small business owners. So a small business owner could still actually get that sweet tax bill for a portion or all of their business income, depending upon how much they make? Yeah, depending on taxable income. And, and if you look at the regs, okay, at first they eliminated most service corporations, but not quite. If you're, if you're a single individual and your taxable income falls under 157.5, or if you're married joint and your taxable income falls under 315000 you can take that 20% deduction off your bottom line. So this wow. is an actual deduction for the average person or small business owner. Wow. So for business owners running that, you know, I always say the mom and pop shop or the, you know, the, 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 the small accounting firm or the small legal firm where they're, where they're not making millions, they're not booking millions of dollars and they're making, you know, two to 400,000, they actually are going to get a significant reduction. Correct. So let's say I got a business that's netting $100,000, a pass-through business, $100,000. Take 20% right off of that. So now your taxable income comes down to 80. So that's sweet. That's a nice deduction. And you still have the benefit of being a pass-through entity, which means one-time taxation versus the double taxation, as we pointed out with the C-corporation. So the people that really couldn't take advantage of it are people like us, right? Accountants, financial advisors, lawyers, especially that have like multiple. Well, no, we can if our income comes below that limit. Right. But for, for those who are running like a big law practice with lots of partners, you know, if they're over that income threshold, they're out. Not necessarily, KT, because it's done on an individual basis. So I have, I have a practice, a law practice. I have a million dollars on the bottom line, and there's 10 partners. That's 100000 per partner. If that's their only source of income, they're below the 157.5 in taxable income, they can take 20% off that 100. Wow, that's a big savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading something on this. It was very interesting. The National Association of Realtors are taking credit for that provision, <laughs> that they put this threshold in where the service businesses could still qualify for this 20% at these lower levels to help out their realtors. Yeah, they say that they got the uh, the um, mortgage deduction, they got the real estate cap 
tax at 10,000 too. They, they did that themselves too. Yeah. You know, that they wanted to eliminate all real estate taxes and they got it to $10,000 maximum a year. Mm -hmm. And they said that, you know, they did that too, but they were obviously very busy based on their ads. <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the ones who got the uh, mortgage interest from a $500,000 cap to seven fifty. Right. Because housing is a big part of the American economy. Well, that that's just it. There's still a concern. Um, you know, what effect is this going to have on the real estate market? I know we're supposed to be talking business, but this just came about. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been looking at it myself. I have, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about it in another show. But the reality is, if you, Americans are very incentivized to do things that help them lower their tax bill. So when you take away those incentives, sometimes it changes behavior. Well, that's just it. I mean, if you are capped at a certain amount of interest now, well, does that end up hurting your high-end um, home sales? Does it hurt your secondary home sales where people can carry two mortgages? but can only be limited to the 750. So people can have two mortgages, but they can't have, so this is an interesting thing. So when people have a home and then they have a second home, they're not mm -hmm. necessarily limited. They're not necessarily, they can't, I take this back. They're not necessarily blocked from writing off the mortgage from both homes, but the total of the two cannot exceed the 750. Correct. And that's an 18 forward prior to 18. Um, people are going to be grandfathered that they can go up to that million dollars. Nice. So let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to businesses a little bit. Sure. There seem to be lots of different pieces around. Oh, I'm just going to give you some jargon like the section 179 and then the bonus mm -hmm. depreciation schedule. And so I, you know, I think I know a little bit about this stuff and I got to tell you that my eyes glazed over a little bit. So tell me what really changes for business, what they could do now that they couldn't do before. Well, let's talk about bonus depreciation first, okay? Typically, oh, well, not to, well, what the old law was, let's put it that way. If I went out and I bought a new piece of equipment, had to be brand new, I can write off 50% the first year, okay? Now, the change has been I can buy a used piece of equipment, doesn't have to be brand new. And in the first year, I can write off 100% of that. That's nice. a nice take. Problem is, I've never been one to use bonus depreciation too, too much. I might rethink that now. You know, being a Massachusetts accountant and the majority of my clients, Massachusetts, they don't recognize that. So we always end up with this federal state difference on this bonus depreciation. I've always been more inclined to use Section 179. And so what is Section 179? Well, it, well, go back to bonus for a second. Bonus depreciation, you can actually take it and can put you into a loss. So I, I got a $20,000 profit. I take $50,000 in bonus depreciation. I have a $30,000 loss I can deduct. Section 179 is limited to your income. So if I have 100000 on the bottom line, I can only take 100000 in Section 179. What, let's say I elected to 100000 the other hundred will carry over to next year. But okay. Section 179 is now increased nicely too. They have they've bumped it up from a five hundred thousand dollar deduction in one shot to a million dollars. But there's a spending cap on it. You can't acquire more than two point five million dollars worth of equipment or any other depreciable assets. Otherwise, it starts reducing your million-dollar deduction. But that's a key point, though, KD, because that shows 
that this really is a deduction for the small business. So this is if a big company is going to buy 25 million worth of equipment. Right. It's not going to matter to them. I mean, it'll be nice, but it won't, it won't be meaningful. You could actually mm-hmm. start a business, buy all the equipment in the first year and basically start to make money right away, even though you, you know, by paying the service on the equipment, but write the whole thing off. So you mm-hmm. could actually launch a small business in an environment like this because it would help you absorb your ability to spend the capital. Correct. Correct. And, but, but I always look at this, too, um, from a planning standpoint. Whether or not you want to take this full Section 179, I'll give you a case in point. Um, let's say I have a client that was in the 28% tax bracket. And my, by me taking this 179, I push them all the way down to the 15% tax bracket. Well, geez, that, then I'm losing some of that deduction. I'd be better off writing this asset off over five years and saving at the 28% level. So there's always a little bit of planning that goes along with it, too. But the fact is, you know, not, the, not to politicize this, that the news keeps pointing out that this is savings for the uh, rich, if you will, or the big corporations. There's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of regs in here that help small businesses. Well, the other thing is the people that save the most are also the people that pay the most. I mean, it's hard to pass tax savings on to people that aren't actually paying more taxes. Correct. I mean, I don't Correct. mean to jerk about it, but let's face it. There are some people who pay a lot of money in taxes and mm-hmm. some people who pay not a lot of money in taxes because they don't really have the means. So a tax bill shouldn't be necessarily structured to reduce the taxes for the people that don't pay a lot of taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you. I, I agree 100%. I, and I, I, like I said, I'm glad I see provisions like this that are geared right towards small business. Right, like hardworking people, which I think that, you know, people think about corporations and they go, oh, it's a big conglomerate. They've got all these people. But a lot of small businesses in America, in fact, I mean, you know, they say it's the engine of America. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of small businesses that could, you know, that could do more and might do more if they could afford to do it after taxes. But even these large corporations, I mean, if you've been, you know, watching the news lately, AT&T is giving all their employees a thousand dollar bonus because of this tax savings. Eversource is reducing its rates to all of its customers because of this tax savings that the 21%. Yeah, they're saying, let's share some of this wealth and try to actually change the math for a lot of people. I mean, I think if I worked for a company and they suddenly gave everybody in the company $1,000, and this isn't the only company I've heard about, there have been others, like that's immediately, they're just putting that money back in the economy. Exactly. Uh, case in point, I have a client, um, decent-sized C corporation. Because of this tax savings, I estimate that he'll probably save about $150,000 next year. So what's he going to do with it? He's going to expand his operations, You know, build out his warehouse more, hire more people. If, if that's how this goes, then this is exactly how this is supposed to work. So let me ask you a question about major purchases, because I know we talked a little bit about it when we talked about the bonus depreciation. And so a lot of, a lot of self-employed people don't necessarily, buy, they're not buying factories, right? But they might be buying vehicles. And I know before I can remember the 6,000 pound curb weight vehicle, which meant that you had to buy some big gas guzzling car to be able to write it off it, you know, to depreciate it quickly. Can you tell me a little bit about what those rules are now? 
Sure. Um, well, here's the situation. The 6,000-pound vehicle, let's say you know, you're buying a dump truck type of thing, we're going to get five-year depreciation on it, you know, assuming a dump truck is for business use, and we're going to um, be able to take a Section 179 on it for up to the full amount. Now, for the 6,000-pound vehicle that qualifies as an SUV, we can still write off $25,000 in the first year if we chose to do so. And that vehicle also gets five-year depreciation. You just can't write it all off because they limit you at that 25. Yep. But now, here's another piece that became of interest. What's defined as like a luxury auto, an automobile that is below this 6,000 pounds? Typically, they had such small limitations as what you could depreciate every year. Yeah. It didn't really make sense that if a client was thinking between that or an SUV, it was a no-brainer to go with the SUV. But now they've upped the amounts, okay, in which you can deduct every year. And I'll just give you a quick example. Now, over the first four years of a luxury auto, you can deduct 41360 It used to be, over the first four years, 10585 So we're picking up over 30000 in deductions in the first four years. Now I'm saying to myself, geez, this may not be a bad situation if a client wishes to pick up a car instead of a truck. So I could buy that brand new Tesla. Not you the buy cheap that Tesla. one, but yes, the you can. One. And we'll get the depreciation on that a lot faster than what we used to. <laughs> <laughs> so there are opportunities. Um, how about retirement plans? Were there any major changes in retirement plans that affect self-employed people? Not that I've seen. Now, again, okay, this thing is so voluminous. Let's put it this way. I haven't read on it. And um, I, I, you know, it wasn't brought up at the seminar I took either. The one big component I did see, I think you and I spoke about it, is the Section 529 plan. Okay, where now people can use up to $10,000 per year for any type of education, not just secondary school. So that allows people to, to shelter more of their earnings from investments from income taxes and use mm-hmm. it for high school or college, not just college. Correct, or even a private elementary school. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you could go all the way down to elementary school. Hear that, parents? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Save on a tax-free basis for all your education needs, at least for There now. you go. <laughs> nice. So I want to remind everybody that the link to the show notes is included. But, you know, George, if people wanted to reach out to you, how might they get in touch with you? Oh, that's easy. They can email me. My email is George at georgeferullocpa.com, Ferullo spelled F-E-R-U-L-L-O. Call my office directly at 978-817-2178. We're located at 100 Corporate Place in Peabody, Massachusetts, right off of Route 1. Very good. So, So listeners, here's the thing. Don't go out and change your corporate structure until you have an accountant and, you know, maybe even a tax attorney look at it. But it sounds like most people are going to do better whether they're a C-Corp, an S-Corp, or not, they just have to figure out what the best way is to take advantages of some of the options that they're going to get. And for those of us who have to buy equipment, we're going to get a little bit more forgiveness to get that done so that we can move a little quicker. I always like to say to people, you know, it's really important to be a student of your finances to make sure that you take time to learn. And I talk about it a lot in my book, The Hardworking Women's Guide to Money. And we launched this podcast as a way to tell people about money in bite-sized pieces that, you know, it's kind of hard to absorb it all if it comes in a big, voluminous 
newspaper or book or magazines. It's hard to cap, can't, you know, keep caught up on everything. So if you know somebody that you think could benefit from this podcast, you know, feel free to send them the information and also make sure that you, sub- you subscribe to our show so that you get the next show automatically. You can do that on iTunes or other providers. And links and information about that are included in the show notes. This is KT Thomas at KT Money Matters. And I'm grateful that you spent time to listen to us today. And until we see you again, until we see each other again, try to make the most out of what you make and make sure that you try to keep it. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.